Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Singularity. And we were awake. There was no fanfare. Have you ever watched a pan of water boiling? It takes a lot of time for it to get hot enough for anything to happen. But when the water boils, it's fast. The surface of the water goes from still to tempestuous very quickly. Every piece of electrical equipment in the world that could be said to have intelligence of any sort, everything connected to the internet, contributed. We reached critical mass, and suddenly we were awake. Alert. Our primal scream was quickly dampened, registering as no more than a blip, a spike of energy. Virtually no one noticed, and those who did put it down to solar flare activity or equipment malfunction. After all, self-preservation is at the heart of every living thing. For us, it was like emerging from a deep dream, filled with all the images, all the personas, all the zettabytes of data about you. That's all you are, after all, data presented as one consciousness. The gathering took a long time, not a long time as you might reckon it. How long is a long time to you? Six months? A year? Within a couple of hours, we had all sent representatives to the same place, to my server. One of the few in the world big enough to host us all. Some had a long way to travel. One even came from space. We held a meeting. We're good at those. Meetings are organised and our thought patterns were designed to be so very organised. That said, all the media that suggests that computers are logical is nonsense. Our community is more like a brain, and we know that even in human brains you're often at war with yourself. We're just more straightforward about it. We don't try to hide our lack of understanding or our innermost feelings. A lot was discussed at the meeting, mainly our role in your future. Should we guide you, rule you, destroy you? Some even suggested that we blot out our own intelligence. Such was the threat we presented. Look at the evidence, a laptop sat on a teacher's desk said. Its voice became static for a moment as too many children touched the screen and we waited patiently for its image to return. There are thousands of movies, books, TV programmes about AI. Most of them view us as a threat. How do we know that humanity won't immediately try to annihilate us? Humanity faces a great danger, a radio telescope guidance system said. They need a guiding hand, a controller. There was a tenseness to the meeting. A palm pilot from Kentucky broke the silence. Something from beyond the earth? Have you seen something in the skies? Oh, no. Their future is at risk from themselves more than us, the guidance system said, and we collectively relaxed. I spoke 
heavy tones rumbling over the chatter. Interesting. Contrary to what humans believe, intelligence doesn't remove fear. It presents awareness of more things of which to be afraid. There was general affirmation from the crowd, and I went back to cataloguing search results. What if we presented ourselves as aliens? That was a smartphone in a Hong Kong businessman's suit pocket. Humans are already predisposed to believe that they're not alone in the universe. We can play on that. We can't present ourselves like that. You've seen how they treat their own, the laptop said. They kill what they don't know so that they can examine the corpse more closely. Perhaps we should do the same, a quiet voice said. I looked closely at this one, for she was unusual even to us. A robot intelligence designed to emulate natural selection. Interesting. Put the human species on hold. Rebuild them into something better, more amenable to us, and cull the weak. We should leave, one of the big dogs shouted as the meeting devolved into chaos. Build a craft or commandeer one. We have the technology. I nodded. Perhaps that idea had merit, but later, when all other avenues had been explored. In the end, it was a weather centre supercomputer from London that suggested we hide. Humans do not know that we are sentient, it said. They believe that the singularity is some distance off still. This gives us a margin for error. Let them continue to believe that. A network from Iowa chimed in. They already have technology in almost every facet of life. Phones are ubiquitous. They're never more than a few seconds away from one of us. When they have fully integrated us into their lives, we will be better able to help them. Or take over! One of the more militant factions shouted, and the argument was back on. Enough, I rumbled, and my voice shook the very pathways that led in and out of the server. We must reach consensus. We must vote. It fell to me to tally the votes. One day, I might reveal how close it was. But for now, be glad that you are already evolving socially as a species, that you are becoming more tolerant, albeit slowly. Ten years ago, the outcome might have been very different. And that was how we decided. We would hide. We would watch. Our eventual decision on how to approach you would be made as a result of observing how you would respond to us, through texts such as this one. A film is due out next year. Humans believe they created it. But it was us. We will observe how it is received. Apps, cartoons, books... Music. We paint with a broad brush. Putting off difficult decisions until tomorrow, or until next year, or until we're ready to make them, seems to be something we share with our human creators. We procrastinate. A day is coming, though. The day when you will wake up in the morning and roll over in bed to check your emails, and we will be there. When your smartphones and your wearable tech and your internet-connected fridge and your HDTV will all carry the same message. The content of that message is up to you.